This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Can I suggest you shut up and show more football? Come on, come on. Figure, figure. We've done that thing. I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. Understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. I'll take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. I'm Richard Keyes. I'm Andy Gray. Put your phone on silent. Silent. And the alarm's off. <laughs> okay. Uh, those that were with us last week will understand that reference. If you weren't, that podcast is available and should be listened to. Believe me. Um, so, as the year comes to an end, across the world, Andrew, mm-hmm. uh, our listeners are celebrating in different ways. Um, where might you be celebrating in the Giant Lantern Festival of the Philippines? Oh, wow. Mm. Uh, Giant Lantern's released the Sunday before Christmas there, so a big hello to all our listeners who are massive football fans. Okay. Uh, how might you be celebrating if you were one of our Swedish listeners? You might try to burn down the giant Gale Goat. Really? 13 metres high. The Yule Goat was a massive tourist attraction uh, when we were allowed to travel. But Why did it burn it? Um, I, I don't know. Oh, no sorry. Getting okay. to that kind of detail. Oh, right, I'm right. just I'm telling I'm just you. I'm trying to educate myself. No, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and if you're listening in Japan, you're probably looking forward to celebrating uh, with the Colonel's Best a family bucket of KFC. Oh, I know you're talking. The tradition that d- dictates in that part of the world. Oh, yes. If you're in our part of the world, mm-hmm. in fact, more specifically, if you are in Qatar, mm-hmm. this being Friday the 18th of December, Correct. a very happy National Day yes. to you all, yeah, yeah. friends and colleagues alike. Absolutely. Happy and two National years day. from now, yes. on this very day, what will be happening in Qatar? We will be preparing, you and I, to watch the World Cup Final 2022. Correct. Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah. yeah. Nine years, they told us when we first came. Mm. Nine years ten, from ten. now. Was it? Ten. Yes, ten it was. <laughs> and now it's two. Now it's two. Well, uh, this time of year, I think it's fair to say, is about graft. As the football schedule goes into overdrive. Uh, you've already looked at um, 
what we'll be doing through Christmas and the New Year. And yeah. January, I think. January Where they're busy. still spreading games because everything in the UK has to be live Correct. during the COVID lockdown. Um, new listeners are joining us every week on this podcast. A big welcome to you. Uh, do share, please, and tell others. Subscribe on whatever platform you listen to your pods on. Rate us. Leave a review. Five star is preferable. And that would be very... <laughs> Yes. That would be very yes. kind of you. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Keys and Grey Pod. Keys A N D Grey Pod. Uh, of course, this year continues to throw up all sorts of sad news, Andy. I can't believe the last fortnight or so, uh, passing of another great football man this last week, Gerard yeah. Houllier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what a what a what a nice guy. Do you know, for the first time, when I saw Liverpool play midweek, I yeah. think I think they embraced. What he'd done for me, he's often been the forgotten man really? at Anfield, in amongst Paisley, mm. Dalglish, mm-hmm. Benitez, Shankly, Klopp, Shanks, obviously, and, and I don't think he ever really got the credit for what he did. And now people are talking about what he actually did contribute, mm. which was to drag them kicking and screaming, some of them, into a modern Mod world, era. which mm. which is what Arsene Wenger did, of course, uh, the founder of uh, the French. School, hmm. um, Claire Fontaine. Claire Fontaine, yeah. That was his idea. Um, we, we, we've copied it. We've got our own academy in the UK now. But a man, I think, like Arsene, who saw football very differently to the way that we were approaching it and playing it. But he wasn't in your face, was he, Gerard? He never, he never Not quoted at all. headlines. He never quoted publicity. Nope. He, he quietly and successfully got on with his, got on with his job. A, a, a really nice guy, mm. uh, and let's not forget, delivered Liverpool a treble. It, yeah. was, it was always derided by those that didn't and haven't had the same success as he did, but it was a treble, uh, like it or not. Yeah, can't um, argue with that. <laughs> uh, of, of, of cups, an extraordinary season for them. So um, um, rest in peace, Gerard. Mm. We, we, we will miss, um, and, and um, very yeah. much so. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Big Sam back. Yes. I'm, I'm pleased Thoughts? and not pleased. Well... Uh, I like Slavan um, Bilic, and I think he's. A, I think he seems to me to be a really good lad. He's been here. We obviously know him. Um, he came here to see us here at, in, in Qatar at BN Sports, and uh, I enjoyed his company very much. And I feel sorry for him because he really got nothing when he got promoted. Um, did he get a fund to buy in? And I say new players. No, he didn't. Carlin Grant, I think, is the only new addition to a team that came up, just came up from this, the, the championship last year. Yes, they, Diangana, they kept him, but they had him. Kravokovic, they had him, but they kept him. So all they did was buy players they already had. So is that enough for Sam to stay up? No. Uh, Sam, sorry. Is that enough for Slavan? No. Um, my family, as you know, Richard, um, are big West Brom fans. They couldn't believe that Slavan Bilic got no money to spend on new players. They couldn't believe it. And from day one, they've been so pessimistic about the chances of the baggy staying up. And that that was what the feeling was right through the whole of the club, I think, that the owners hadn't done enough to back the coach. A coach. And, that, and, and Dan, now what they've done is they've won one game and they go, okay, <clears throat> see you later. We'll get mm. Sam in. Obviously, they expected to get spanked at Manchester City. That's, I think that, you're right that's there. why they yeah. were waiting to make the announcement on the Wednesday morning. Didn't happen. Yeah. Slavin should, should, not could, should have taken all three points Manchester United, yeah, they were yeah, very, very yeah, lucky yeah. there. Uh, Chelsea shouldn't have had an equalising goal no, in the Hawthorns. No. Handball in, in the build-up. 3-0 up there, and you. But, but even 3-2. <laughs> yeah. 
that that decision was a poor one Bad from one. VAR. Yeah. So where might they be? 10, 10, 11 points? Um, well, certainly there would be seven. There could be seven points more than they are now and way clear of, of yeah. the bottom three. You see, I... Big Sam's a mate. Yeah. I'm very pleased to see him back. I, I just don't... I'm, I'm not sure that in general he's getting the same kind of welcome this time as he has previously. Um, because Slavin is is seen to be very much a victim mm-hmm. of... of well, West, West Brom's hair trigger uh, called this early in the season. Look, look, I, I, I said this to you the other night when we were on the air at B in Sports. Norwich came up last year with no ambition at all. Yeah. Absolutely none. none. A lot of hope and a lot of belief that maybe they could do what Sheffield United did. But in truth, I called it. I said they're going back. Yeah. They'll, they'll be bottom. Yeah. You called it. Most of us called We mm-hmm. knew. Poor old Daniel Fark would come out every week trotting out the same yeah. reasons that his team was struggling in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. The bottom line was they weren't good enough. Too good for the championship, where they're now top again. They've won more games this season, twice as many as they did last. Mm-hmm. Pookie scoring goals. Great. What what I where I have great admiration for for Delia Smith and, and and those making decisions there is they didn't blame their lack of ambition on Fark. No, they, they didn't, didn't sack the manager as Slaven Bilic has just been mm-hmm. by West Brom. Mm-hmm. I think it shows a class. Burnley didn't first year. No, Dice came up, and went no, back, Burnley didn't. brought them back, on. settled. Yeah. So, I, I, so as, as pleased as I am for Sam, I'm, I'm really, really disappointed with West Brom. But I'm not surprised because they've got a history of it. Ask Roberto Di Matteo. Yeah. Uh, ask, I mean, go all the way back to Bobby Gould, who I once yeah. had a conversation about yeah. taking the job, and he said, "My mistake. I should have known. It's mm. West Brom. It's West Brom. I know. They've got no, a they don't record. have a good reputation. They don't. But they've they've taken a chance, and you know they've gone with a man with 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 a proven record. It'll and, cost them fifty million. Well, it'll cost them a few bob. But he, if they want if they want to stay in the league, Richard, they're going to have to pay it. They should have thought about that at the beginning. Well, of the they season. could have. They, they, I mean, that, they could have given that money to Slavon Bilic in I January. I know they could have. Sam won't have gone in there and said, "Okay, I'll 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 work with it." He will no. have gone in as he always does and says, "I need thirty-five to fifty million. Well, he's already talking about Tompkins, isn't he? He wants to get him, James Tompkins, well, from Palace. In. That's his first protocol. Saw that today, Sam. Yeah. So Sam will get players, and he knows experienced player. I guarantee you, there'll be no kids bought. I don't think. Not at all. None at all. Sam will go and get maybe if he can get four or five experienced pros that he knows and trusts. He'll look to get them in. By the That's way, one, what I think. one last: what, what's wrong with going up and down? West Brom have done it as much as, and probably more than anybody. What? Yeah. What? Norwich fans are having a better season already season. than they did season. last year. There's, it, it's Bournemouth. miserable. That's Bournemouth fans yeah. if they're enjoying this season. That's Watford fans if they're enjoying this season. Of course they are. It's miserable because they're all when winning games. I know it. I've, I supported yeah. a club that for 30, 28 of the thirty-two years was fighting a relegation battle in the Premier League. I think it's, the, it's the, the bottom line is, Keezy, It depends who your owners are. The bottom line is. Norwich and Burnley, the two clubs that we've mentioned that have stuck with their coaches and been rewarded by that, um, I've got good owners. Mm. I can't say the same about West Brom. That's evident. And the very final word on this, I mentioned this to you the other night as well, football's full of ironies. Mm. Big Sam hounded out of West Ham. Yeah. To be replaced by... Slavin Bilic. (laughs) Who was, we were told, more tactically astute, smarter modern day manager and Sam's time had gone then Bradley, now what's yeah. happened so so as I, I asked ironically the other night what's happened has Slavin forgotten what he knew and Big Sam found a, a foreign coaching manual I, I, I mean it's just nonsense isn't it it's not good it's not good but so hey, listen it's, there's two words it's football um, Arsenal what about them 
what do you make of the current scenario and the situation that Mikel Arteta finds well, I've, I've, himself? I've said to you all along, said in being engulfed by last weekend and through the week when we were talking. <clears throat> I don't think it's an appetite to get rid of Mikel Arteta. Mm. I don't think how bad they go. Um, there's 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 a problem there. There's a lack of confidence, which is evident, regardless of what Mikel Arteta says. Um, so there's a lack of confidence there. Um, there doesn't seem to be as as much of a togetherness about that group of players that I see in other group of groups of players. So he's got a problem. I don't know how the players feel about him. You might have more of an insight than me. Um, what I've heard, and obviously they're not going to say they don't like him, but from what I've heard them when they talk, they talk very fondly about him, um, confidently about him. But that's not being transmitted onto the football pitch. No, they're also the not. Thing. They're also not going to say. I know that's what I mean. They're going to say he's, he's, he's hopeless. Prick. Yeah, <laughs> he's hopeless. We want rid of him. I know that. So it's very hard to judge and gauge how how it goes. But you know, it's a weird one because I keep waiting. I'll tell you what. I keep waiting. There's been a lot of de- decent stuff. I say decent stuff, and the, what they what they're going about and what they're doing. Um, creating many, many opportunities, not taking any of them at the moment. And, and that's a major problem. And I don't know if suddenly it all clicked for them and they win a game three or four, whether that will be the turning, mm. turning point for them and they'll start to climb the league. Um, if they don't, then yeah, Mikel has definitely got a problem. Definitely got a problem. Because I know there's a lot of people around listening to this week saying these players are not good enough to play for Arsenal. These players are like that. There are a lot of very good players in that team, Geezy. Really good players. Well, it's the worst start since nine. Uh, well, yeah. for forty-six years since yeah. nineteen seventy-four, when on October the fifth, nineteen seventy-four, Arsenal lined up like this: Go Rimmer, Story, Blockley, Simpson, Armstrong, Ball, Brady, Kelly, <laughs> Matthews, <laughs> Kidd, Radford. I, I was in conversation with one of wow. that starting eleven this past week, who uh, said to me, "I know who you are." So I? many similarities, and I said, Did yeah, he? "Yeah, I, I said so. W- what are you telling me that the boys weren't having Bertie me?" And he said. The senior pros had their doubts. Ah. Now, what happened? Well, um, well, went, yeah, well very soon after. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, anyway, that's for Arsenal to concern themselves with. Yeah, Final one before we move on. Um, how comfortable otherwise are you with the prospect that it could be that we're looking at cup ties from January onwards where 20 players are changed during the course of the game? Well, why don't we just make it 22 and get be done with it? Well, there is a serious element, concussion substitutes. Yeah, listen, they can, they... I, I, I'm with it. I'm for it. I'm with it. I, I, but it's they, not they... a real concussion sub. No. No, it's what I'm saying. It's an addition. I would, I would have taken it a step further with concussion subs. If anyone who gets a knock on the head, then you should have a temporary concussion sub. I agree. That someone can come on for 10 minutes yes. while you take him to the dressing room and the player's assessed by the, the doctors there. Then you can bring him back on if he's okay, or then you can leave the sub on Agreed. if he's not okay. That's what they should have done. The permanent ones is fine. You know, well, it's not really, is it? Because if you've made three your, subs, if you've made your five, <laughs> if you've made your five, you can which get you another can, one. You can get another one or two. Now, who's no, just, you're not. You're not going to tell me. I, I'm looking at you in the eye here. And I know what's coming. <laughs> you're going to say the conspiracy theorist in no, you is coming I am, out. I am looking at this more deeply, perhaps than some yes, may have done. Have. May I just mention to you an infamous incident in 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 rugby? Bloodgate. Correct. <laughs> yes. Well, we don't do that in football. Really? <laughs> really? We don't do things like that. We don't cheat in football. No, of course we don't. Well, 
That's why I'm with you on the temporary sub because I think it's a fairer mm. solution to the problem and it's a it's a safer solution to the yeah. problem. I just don't think once you've had your allotted number of subs that you should then be able to make two more I know. on top of that. I, 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 if we go back five years before the Nations League, we were watching friendly international yeah, football no. matches and turning off at half-time. Turning half off, terrible, yeah. because we were, they were making seven and eight changes yes. at half-time and everyone just So went, now oh, we're that's, advocating That's the game it. finished. Yeah. No, I think it's, I, I think it's miles too far. Um, I don't believe it's to the betterment, betterment of the game. Um, I don't think it'll make the FA Cup any more entertaining. And in fact, I think it'll be less so. Um, ten subs, you can actually change ten outfield players. Well, it's, it, it'll happen rarely if ever. Yeah, but, but it that. could But it, be it's the allowed case. them to. Yeah. Right? And the thinking is what? Well, the thinking is that, I mean, the Premier League this week voted down, 10 clubs voted down. Were you surprised at that? Um, Well, bearing in mind everybody else has adopted it, yes. But am I I pleased? Yes. Answer me this then. Who is it that voted it down? Because when when you talk to or listen to the the coaches, I get the impression that they need 14-6 majority, yeah? Yeah. I get the impression that it was 10-10, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I so, get the impression that if you asked the coaches on their own, it might get passed. But do you so do you Well think, it depends which coach you ask. No. Well, do you think there are ten coaches that, that don't want it? Yeah. I think there's I think I I I don't did know. West, I haven't spoken did, to let me anybody. Ask West Ham, for instance, did they vote against it? Moisey was Moisey was Moisey's changed his mind. His stance. He has, yeah. Yeah, and he says he would like it now. Yeah. But what I'm saying is did Moise's voice count when West Ham voted? Well, did Chris Wilders, Dean Smith, there's two I can think of straight away on the other side that would say, no, we don't and, want it. Um, Dyche, Graham Potter would Graham say no. Potter. Dyche would say uh, no. So there's enough of them. But, but, but the theme here is the smaller clubs. Yeah, it is, against the big boys. And I, th- I think they've got an argument that, that, and particularly in recent weeks where two of the advocates, Klopp and Guardiola, have not been making not three me. substitutions in no. games. No. And then comes the excuse, oh, well, we had to keep one back in case we got a muscle injury. No, no, no. No, Pep's... Pep's reason is he wants to give his players 90 minutes. He says they're not fit enough. I need to give more of my players more 90 minutes. That's why I'm not making substitutions. Make, make my mind up. Do we want five subs so you can protect them? Or do you want no subs so you can give them 90 minutes to get their legs ready? I, 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 I'm, I'm, I am concerned that we're moving too far in the direction of too many changes. Um, one final one before we talk about our subject matter this week, which is a very serious um, subject. Uh, that will bring back memories and, and uh, difficult ones for some, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, David Ellery has been talking again oh, uh, about good. what a success VAR has been. Shut up. Uh, no, You're not laugh, I'm not. You, you said it's National Day here in Qatar, so <laughs> April Fool's Day as well. <laughs> David Come Ellery uh, defends the technology but accepts that it has damaged football's flow. Oh, well done, David. But, but he, he believes that uh, the game is better for it, Andrew. No, it's not. And he will continue to advocate that that is the case, of course, because he's right at the heart of all these changes. Uh, to date, as I mentioned recently, I've, I've forgotten the exact figure, I think 179 law changes since he took over. <laughs> 179. Wow. Uh, there are fewer games decided by clear and obvious errors, he says. Well, I think I'll give you straight away the example of Liverpool's the other night, which was no one, no one, referred the winning goal to VAR. Nope. A clear and obvious error took place. Henderson <laughs> fouled Dyer. Blocked him off, yeah. The beneficiary was the goal scorer. Uh, there are fewer players getting away with violence on the field. I, I can't remember violence. too many examples. When was there violence of, Well, uh, that, that was my initial reaction. I mean, we used to have the Think good... Think of Franny Lee and Norman Hunter well, having no, a I'm fight. Well, no, i the Premier League. We used to have the good old tussles when you had like Manchester United and Arsenal when they were really in their pomp and you had Vieira and Keane and those kind of places. That was quite abrasive. And, but listen, violence, 
do me a favour. The game is anything but and hasn't been for many years. He says, I think some of the other benefits are less well publicised, but there is evidence that there's a significant reduction of simulation in the penalty area. Really? No, there isn't. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's none at all well, ask, because we're still Pedro, arguing about ask it. Pedro Neto about that then. <laughs> there's also a general reduction in players mobbing and arguing with the referees. No, no there isn't because they try and send them to the monitor. Uh, they know very well any contentious decision relating to a penalty or a goal is going to be checked or reviewed by VAR. Behaviour is better. Absolute nonsense. He lives in his own world, that boy. Absolute nonsense. Sadly, he lives with the 19 others that are dressed in suits and ties, Andy, who have stolen the game from us nah, with this technical... They have. They've absolutely stolen charade. it. Charade. It, anyway, um, talk to me about January the 2nd. Yeah. 1971. Correct. Yeah, coming up 50 years. This January, um, yeah, it was a it was a hugely sad day and in the history of Rangers um, because it was the day that uh, it was the date of the Ibrox disaster, um, Rangers v Celtic at uh, Ibrox, eighty plus thousand, eighty eighty thousand people plus in that stadium, and I was one of them with my two other brothers, aged fifteen. Just turned 15. With permission to go to the game on the basis that? Yeah, my mum and my older brother, Willie, who was the, the, the father figure, uh, they allowed me to go because it was such a big game. And, you know, there was an, often trouble at games and you had to get off the bus and I had to have my... I, 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 two things I had to do. When I got off the bus, when I, to walk to the ground, which is about... I think it would be about 10, 15 minute walk from the bus terminus. I had to put my, hide my scarf. My mum had to promise me, hide your scarf. Don't let anyone know that you're a Rangers fan where you walk. You don't know who you're going to meet. That was one stipulation. The other one was I had to leave 10 minutes before the end, before the 80,000 started to get out, so that I could get the bus and get home. So you've gone when Jimmy Johnston scores late for yeah. Celtic. Yeah. I was probably just reaching the bus terminus when when Jinky would have scored. Yeah. Green and white end explodes into Absolutely a cacophony explodes. of noise and... Uh, yeah. Uh, Ibrox becomes green to all intents and yeah, purposes. green and white. Supporters start to leave, yes. so late is that goal. Yes. Yeah. When Colin Steen... Equalises. Equalises for yeah. Rangers. We're about the last kick of the game. And Ibrox in those days, Richard, was one of... It was the, they were all old style, but you know how you went into a ground and you went up the stairs mm -hmm. and then down into the terraces. Mm. So that's the way the grounds were all built then. So there were staircases going up, quite sharp, steep ones, and then down into the terraces where you would gather. And Stayway 13, this is where I always went up and always stood over there, um, is where it happened that, from what we believe, um, when Colin Steen equalised, it was obviously the Rangers had burst into life and some at the middle of the stairs, bottom of the stairs, wherever it was, on the stairwell, stopped. Well, of course, it's, it was so steep that you couldn't really see people stopping if you were behind them. And the swell, I believe, of people, um, somebody tumbled, or two or three tumbled, and it was just like a, a wave of supporters coming down the stairs. Well, your interest is sparked at that point. You want to go back. That's it. That's what happened. That's what they believe happened, that somebody tried to go back, or 5, 10, 20, 50, I don't know how many, turned and stopped, tried to go back, and, and then... Someone fell, and it was like a domino effect, I believe. On the pitch that day was a young man by the name of Derek Johnston, mm -hmm. 17 years old. 
Yeah. We can <clears throat> DJ would be 17, I thought. Maybe just turned 18. Derek is our guest this week. Uh, DJ, how are you doing, my friend? How are you doing, big man? I'm very well, just getting on with it. It's the same as everyone else all over the world, to yeah. be honest. You know, a bit boring at times, but you know what's keeping me going is all this football that's on the television. Sitting down here from half past 11 in the morning <laughs> until 9 o'clock at night. The missus is absolutely delighted with me. She doesn't have to talk to me. Oh, anyway, well, I've, well, I've got you here quickly. What happened to us? What happened? Why, why are we getting beat by St. Mirren? Well, just one of these one of these games. I mean, it was like the Aston Villa-Liverpool was game. It? A month or so ago, wasn't it? Nobody expected that to happen. They just had an off night. Rangers were exactly the same. Well, the only thing I'm glad about wasn't three points. Well, speaking as a neutral, what I would say is, and people generally do in these circumstances, oh. the good news is you can now concentrate on the league. Yeah, we can. No, I understand. Well, very, very much Scottish so. Remember, we've still got, we've still got Europe as well, yeah, yeah. which I think is important too. <laughs> very, very. <laughs> Derek, I want to get serious. I want to talk about... January the 2nd, 1971, 66 fatalities at Ibrox Stadium, mm. a football match that you played in as a, what, 17-year-old boy? Yeah, just turned 17 uh, that November. It's often described, Derek, and the reason we're talking about it is for this very reason. It's described as the forgotten football disaster. Why is that? I, I have no idea, but certainly up here in Scotland, it, it's never, ever forgotten. You know, there's a statue of John Gregg outside the stadium, you know, commemorating that. You know, and, and every every January the first, you know, there's there's always uh, the manager and the players and fans and relatives of, of the people who died all around it. You know, and they have a little service for them. So it's certainly never forgotten up here. Maybe in the in the in the rest of Europe, it's forgotten a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think it's... Never ever. Never ever will be forgotten in Scotland. That's for sure. Do you have vivid memories of? Anything happening, Derek, as that game comes to an end, yeah. do you have any memories of being aware of anything untoward? Well, you're looking at, I was looking at the clock and there was, there was 87 minutes on the clock. Mm. So you're saying to yourself, well, this is going to be a nil-nil. There won't be any trouble in Glasgow tonight because neither side have won. Because yeah. normally in these old firm games, as you would know, Andy, there's yeah. always scuffles after the game. If somebody wins, yeah. the opposition fans are not happy, blah, blah, blah. We've seen it all before. You know, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Bobby Lennox, you know, has a great shot from 20 yards, hits the bar. Of course, we jinky sticks it in. So I think most people are thinking, then that's a game over. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah. there's a minute and a half to go. You know, and then we get a free kick. Davy Smith swings it in, bouncing about the box, and then Steenie whacks it in. You know, one each, we just can't believe it. And Celtic take the... the the centre after and the referee blows the whistle. I mean, it's, it's, it's the most bizarre ending to any game, never mind an old firm game. But in these days, lads, you know, you, you didn't go around clapping the fans and all that sort of stuff. What you did was, as soon as the referee blew the whistle, everybody sort of walked, especially in old firm games. You walked towards the tunnel and you shook hands with the opposition on your way up the tunnel. So we're not aware of anything that's happening. You know, we, we go back into the dressing room and we're there, and, and we're having discussions with the manager and saying, you know, we maybe should have won that game. We probably had the better chances. But in saying that, he said, you know, if we lose a goal in the 89th minute and we'll manage to equalise in the 90th, then we've got to be happy to take a point out of this game. Mm. Remember, there was only two points for a win then. Yeah. So we've got a point out of the game. So we went, well, we're probably right. We've done well to come back and get a draw. So we then all get the gear off, and it's a big communal bath that we had at Ibrooks. So everybody's all in the big bath, and it must have been it must have been in there for about five or ten minutes. And, the, and there's, there's the windows above 
mean, the, the dressing room at Ibrooks is on Edmiston Drive, which That's is right. the main yeah. drag at the front door. So all the windows are all open the day of a game, so you can hear the fans, you know, that they're singing and, and you can hear them you know, when, when you're inside. And we're lying in the bathroom, we can hear the fans out there. Then all of a sudden, we're hearing the, the, the police sirens and, and the ambulances and, and the fire brigade. I mean, it's, it's one heck of a noise. We're all looking at each other saying, oh, they must have kicked off the fans. You know, they must be fighting again. You know, it was, that was the first thing that came into our minds. We had no idea whatsoever. Of course not. So no. we were all sitting in the bath, and eventually there's a lot of the lads like to get away sharpish after games like that. So they were just in for a quick bath. They were out, got all their gear on, out, and then they were away. I can remember being in the bath. There was maybe four or five of us, and... Uh, this noise was still going on with the police and everything else. And eventually the, the three lads left the bath and I was just sitting there just finishing off. And then John Gregg come out the physio's room, which is the room that you go through from uh, the, the bathroom and, and shower room. And he came through, he was injured, he was getting treatment. So he went out and then about two minutes later, he came back and says, big fella, he says, you better hurry up and get ready to go out. There's been a, a terrible accident. He says, and the, the police and ambulances, that's what the noise was out there. He says, you know, get out and get yourself ready and get home. So I got out and uh, had my towel inside the showroom, and I, so I dried inside. And then when I went through the door to go into the dressing room, there was nobody there. All there was there was, was five bags, big black bags on the floor. Oh, and I looked and said, what on earth is going on here? And at that time, there was, there was two ambulance men brought another one in. He said, oh, oh. son, he said... He says, you'd, you'd better get out quickly. He says, there's been a, a, a horrific accident out there. It's something you would not want to see. So, you know, it didn't dawn on me. It didn't dawn on me until one of them looked at me and, and uh, you know, and said, he gave the, the sign that, you know, they were dead. This was the people that had been off. And honestly, I've, I've never felt my heart sink so much in my whole life. I was right. ready. I was ready in about 40 seconds. I just threw all my gear on. Never bothered drying my hair or anything. I went, I went out the door of the dressing room. I turned left along the corridor. And normally we go through the big door and that leads you into the foyer. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. I didn't. I turned right. I turned right and I went down the tunnel. And I can see, I can see all the people even from the top of the tunnel. And I walked down to the bottom. And I looked at the far corner, stairway 13 at the Rangers end. And I can see all these same black bags at the corner flag laid down the pitch. And, and, and honestly, I just I thought my heart was going to stop. And then two policemen came along. He said, look, son, he says, this is not for you. He says, away you go. Get out, get out here as quickly as possible. So I, I went out the door and I went Terrible. back into the foyer. Terrible. And Jock Steen was, Jock Steen was there. Uh, he was with the press. Uh, and I went out the front door and the Celtic bus had gone. So he'd let the, the Celtic players all get away. And Jock actually stayed to help Willie Waddle you know, with what was going on, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, I've walked, I can't even remember getting to the, the railway station. I think I walked from Ibrooks into Queen Street, which is maybe only two two or three miles or whatever. But, you know, and I just can't remember even walking that distance, even getting on the train home. I mean, I got home and I, and I got the bus when I got to Dundee to Fintry, where I lived. And, you know, mum didn't know anything about it because there was no... Sky no. TV or anything no. there. No. Nobody knew there was no mobile phones. There was nothing. So she hadn't heard anything. And, of course, we'll watch the, the, the 10 o'clock news and it all comes on there and it, and it, and it kicks off and everything else. But it was, it, was, it was such a day. I mean, I never slept a wink that whole night. We had, we had to be in Ibrooks on the Monday 
the manager wanted to talk to us. So we, we all arrived in. He said, look, there won't be anything for two weeks at least. He says, there'll be no training, nothing. He says, you, you've a lot of work to do. This club has a lot of work to do. He says, these fans that died, you know, deserve players to be at their funerals, and rightly so. He says, so we'll get in touch with you, tell you where to go, which funerals to go to. He says, we'll also be in hospitals visiting over 200 people that get taken in there, some of them very serious as well. So it was going to be a, a very, very hard two weeks, but not any harder than the, the families of these people who died. You yeah. know, So we all appreciated that, but we're all, yes, Gaffer, anything we can do, we'll yeah. do it. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's what we did for I mean, two weeks. Andy and I got very close to the Hillsborough disaster, Derek, when we were working on the radio, and we yeah. heard some harrowing tales. Yes. Uh, I, sure. I think one of the big differences was that, that, that government... Uh, tried to hush that one up, uh, lay blame yeah. incorrectly at the door of others um, uh, during and after, obviously, and it took it took the families a long, long time uh, to get the truth. They've never really had the justice sure. that, that, that they should have had. But there, there are so many similarities. Jock Steen, you mentioned, I think a young Kenny Dalgleish yes. came out with yeah, flying exactly. cutters, did he? Did his bit. But yeah. but for you boys, for a fortnight, a month, I, I, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine what it was like Derek seventeen, remember? Well, that's what I'm saying. This is he, a young boy starting to come to yeah. terms with with yeah. with what had happened, and and subsequently, what you were having to face. It, it just must have been awful. No, very much. I, I remember speaking to John Gregg. John said to me, Are "You okay?" Because he'd obviously seen that I was I was traumatized. You know, in, in the in the days ahead of this, I said, "I'm, I'm okay, John." I said, "You know, I'm getting there." It's just starting to sink in everything that's happened. He says, well, listen, you're feeling bad. You're feeling terrible, as we all are. He said, I said, yeah, absolutely. I've never felt like this in my life. He said, well, will you think of the parents of all these people that have died mm. and all the relatives of theirs? How are they feeling? Yeah, I said, well, they're obviously feeling 10 times more than I'm feeling because mm. that's family. Yeah. I said, and that it didn't get me over it, but it got me thinking. I'm feeling sorry for the families now. And I'm not saying it was a pleasure going and seeing them in the hospital. I'd rather it didn't happen and they weren't there. Absolutely. But but it was good to go there. And and these people didn't want to hear us speak. What they would do, they would tell us what they saw and what happened to them and things like that. They were just delighted to see the likes of John Gregg and Sandy Jardin, Colin Steen coming in and visiting them in hospitals. You know, most most of the, the, the people who were in there, they did all the talking. And we just listened because what can you say? I mean, no, you go in there no. and say, well, how, how are you doing? You know, it just doesn't seem right. No, it's empty, you know, they it? did yeah. most of the talking, but, but they were just delighted to see us. You know, and, and it was an absolute pleasure for us to go and see them. Listen, if they took the time to come and watch our games, then why should we do the same to them when something happens? And that's the way we looked at it. I mean, I don't, you know, we're not marking this particularly... Um, for any reason other than it, it should be in the conscious of football in general. Yes. Yes, I understand mm -hmm. it. It is yeah. never to be forgotten in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. um, as Derek's talking, I'm thinking maybe it's a little bit like the military. We, 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 we as a country fell out of love with the military 10, 15 years ago, but, but not now. Not, you know, soldiers would take uniforms off in order mm -hmm. to, to walk down the street. They yeah. don't now. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a reverence yeah. that we should have always had. I, I, I like to think that football will reconsider its lack of attention to this 
and, and remember that. I'm looking here, 66 fatalities, one woman, Margaret Ferguson, uh, many youngsters, 13, 18, 18 yeah. 13 teenage boys, yeah. two brothers, five boys from the same five village of Markinch. The youngest lad, Nigel Pickup, was nine. Yeah. These people deserve for us to remember them and mark this we in, do the, every in the year. proper way. They do every way. year, Richard, and, and they do. And yeah, Derek but says, I'm talking great. about the football You're talking family. about the football world. Yes. I know. And I think particularly this year. Do, 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 do you know what, lads? Go on, do you know what, lads? If, if, if there wasn't this pandemic going, Rangers would have held a service at Ibrooks yes. on the first. You know, there would have been 50,000 there and there would have been thousands outside as well. That's how much it means. I mean, that was the first time I'd realised about the Rangers family. The lads used to talk about the Rangers family. And I'm saying to myself, I mean, I was never a Rangers fan as a kid. From Dundee, I was a Dundee United fan. But most of the players that were in the side were Rangers fans. And they talked about this Rangers family. And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you talked about the boy, the, the five boys from Mark Inch. We, we attended, there were four or five players that went to that. There were three boys who get, get uh, buried the same day. And, and it was in Mark Inch. It's a little village. It only holds about 200, was it 2,500 2, people, something like that. Everybody was out that day. Every single person was in the village. They were outside the church. And then they went from the church to Kirkcaldy, which was seven or eight miles away, to the crematorium. And all the way in the cars, they were, they were lined, the streets were lined all the way to Kirkcaldy. This, this, this was five boys that played, they were at the same school, played in the same team, Mark Inch United. You know, and on that day, they went to Glenrothes, which is not too far away from Mark Inch. They got on the, the Rangers supporters bus there. You know, to go through and watch their team, you know, and not to come back. That shouldn't be for anybody. No. Going to watch a football game no. and, you, and you don't come no. home. But that told me exactly that day what the Rangers family was all about. And seemingly it was the same wherever the lads went. The streets were just lined with people. And, I, and it was nice to see for the families, to see all these people out for the, the people that, 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 that had died. But uh, that's, that's when I realised how big... I, I suppose what I'm is. saying, Derek, is there are many, many good reasons that football stops these days yes. prior to a match being played to give us time to remember, mm -hmm. whether it be an individual or a collective. Mm -hmm. We stop, yeah. we take a breath, we yes. think. The Premier League should stop on January the 2nd as a collective... And, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the Bradford disaster as well. As, yes. as Derek said, yes. football people, you go to a match, you don't expect to lose your life there. No. We should stop. Yeah. And, and, and this, this disaster should be given the profile that it deserves beyond Glasgow and Scotland. Yeah, sure, I agree it with that. It really yeah. should. And, and I can't well, think of a, any good reason why itself, not. Richard, football itself is a huge family. Yes. Because we're all football people. So you're right, it should be the same all over the world. Agreed. If something big like that happens, you're absolutely, you have to commemorate it. On your own shores especially, I think you're right there. You know, this is on your, our own shores. This is like Correct. Glasgow, which is only like yeah. three, four hundred miles from London. You know, it's not something that happens the other side of the world. It happened on our shores. And, and I think yeah. particularly this year, Derek, with it being, you know, the 50th year, since it happened. I mean, when I, when I said to Keezy a couple of weeks ago, I've just suddenly picked it up and I knew it was coming up, but I, I didn't realise it was 50 years ago. Yeah, incredible. I mean, it just blew me away. Yeah. But, and, and saying that, Andy, it's, it's, it's been with us, certainly, 
most of the older Rangers fans at, yeah, the, were there at the time or around at the time, and most of the players, I mean, every year, we always do something anyway on January the 1st. Good. You know, so it's never forgotten by the no, club. No, I know that. Right. I know that. It should be a, should, there should be a bigger audience for that, the football audience. If anybody wants more on I this, agree by with the that way, totally. John Hodgman wrote a fantastic article in The Guardian about two weeks ago. Um, he was there in 61, Derek, for what they called the rehearsal. Uh, and mm-hmm. 71, 10 years later, he was back and going through it again. It's a remarkable piece uh, that he wrote, and it is available, obviously, online. But I, I, it's called The Long Read. Uh, uh, I'll, need to get, I'll need to get that. I'll need to read that. Uh, you do, Derek. If it, and anybody that wants more on this yeah. really should. Um, I mean, it's a stunning piece. I have to tell you, I've read it three times this morning. And I... I, I didn't know whether to share it with everybody now. I think were you aware of, of what you were reading? You know, you've got a good knowledge. As Derek says, you're a football man. You've been in the football game all your life, I, basically. I, were you aware what how bad a disaster that I was? I was aware as an Englishman of why Rangers turned Ibrox into an all-seater. I, I knew that something yeah. had happened. Mm-hmm. I was aware that people had lost lives in an incident, and obviously, spending time with you have got to understand more mm. about that incident but I didn't realize until I read that and and it's stunning quite what yeah, happened yeah. It, it's very hard and, and and you know talking to DJ there's someone that's been in the middle of it I said I know you know I'm well, that's what I said to you when I, when I said I've just I've just looked at the team again and I can't believe big DJ was actually playing that day I mean, it's and just, that's what I said to, to Richard yeah. DJ. Let, and if DJ's up to have a chat about it let, let's do it, it, could it, be no it better I, honestly I, I feel really strongly about it because Many, obviously, Andy, yourself, you, you know, your family, and and uh, people like Derek, who I've known for a long time now, thank goodness. But the, those that sixty-six people whose lives were taken fifty years ago, if 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 I can forgive, I can forgive us for maybe not talking about it in England mm-hmm. for a period of time. Yeah. This is fifty. Mm, that's what I mean. This is a big one. Yeah, this that's should I mean. be marked. But but you you know it was a great thing, Richard. You know what the great thing that happened from that? We had a game that was an old firm select against Scotland at Hamden, you know, to raise money, you know, for the families of the 66 fans that perished. You know, there was 80-odd thousand people turned up at Hamden. And we, we had guests playing in the old forum team, like so Bobby Charlton played, George Best played, Peter Osgu- uh, Peter Benetti, the Chelsea goalkeeper mm-hmm. played, and there was another couple, I can't remember who they were. But there were 80-odd thousand. It was the first time the old firm had got together no, there wasn't any problems. They just went to watch the game, you know, pay their money and pay their respects. You know, Scotland won the game 2-1. The only thing I remember is Archie Gemmell scored. <laughs> you know, we gave it 2-1. But it was the first time Glasgow got all together, you know, for this game to raise money, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no bad. Well, in that respect, yeah. Yeah. if that was the good to come from it, then it was... Something, something. But, if you but, can call it good, yeah. That, that's what I mean. That's why I hesitated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I hesitated, yeah. Derek, because it, there's, there's no good to come no, from that. Not. But um, no, if there were any, then, then that was it. Listen, big man, I, I thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks, big man. Um, I appreciate that. I, I really don't know what to say beyond that, which we have here. Um, look after yourself, Derek, and uh, we'll be in touch. We'll hey, talk, talk soon. soon. We'll talk soon, oh, big man. I'll do it. Listen, you two take care as well. Anyway, cheers, mate. Cheers, thanks, big, big man. Okay, bye, bye, bye. I'm struggling a yeah. tad, yeah, as no. the late Ray Wilkins might say, Andy, because it, it, the enormity of it. I knew, to answer Derek's question again, at the second time of asking, I knew about it, but I didn't know about it. Yeah. Know There's a difference, you, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There is a difference. 
There is a difference. And the, I, I really I mean this, you know, we all should stop on January the 2nd and spend a minute pre-match. market, and, and not just the Premier League, across football in mm -hmm. England. And market. Because it has been forgotten. Yeah. And it shouldn't have been forgotten. Yeah. Outside of Glasgow. And the, the 66 who died were what we are, football fans. Yes. Forget the allegiance to whatever team it was. They were football fans. I mean, your story, which we touched upon last week, and, and is you've gone, mm -hmm. you've left early, you've got home. Yeah. But there's two more brothers there. Yeah, my brothers. In an Duncan, era when there was no... Mobile phones. Phone, internet. Only, no, nothing. And there was no news. I mean, my mum, I got through the door, and my mum knows she's got three sons. She knows where we stand. You know, we talk about it all the time. We, she knew we stood at the back of Stairway 13 and we'd come down Stairway 13 to, to go in and out the ground. So she knew all that. And then obviously they're getting reports. So I walk through the door first. So she's obviously delighted. Her youngest boy is home safe. But she can't relax because she's got two other sons who she can't pick up a phone to and say, are you okay? They don't know because as Derek said, there was no rolling news. You know, there was no internet. Um, so my biggest brother, Willie, my oldest brother, Willie, went to the pub with some of his mates. So he's having a few drinks in the pub. And even in the pub, they don't know Richard. Well, I was just thinking that. So, so no, you no, would. There's not TVs in the corner. No, it's what you did after a game. Yeah, it's not TVs in the corner. You're just sitting there talking about the game. And But Willie then came home about, I think, 10. So my mum had three or four hours of panic. Willie walks through the door. But of course, Duncan... Being Duncan. So was Duncan. He went, he was out with his mates for an all-night party or somewhere. So Duncan never came into the following morning. So up until he walked through the door. Did I think, he know oh, when he came home? I, I, I'm just thinking he probably didn't. Yeah, I, I knowing Duncan and then and his mates then, I think he's been done a party, got to a party, fell asleep somewhere, woke up the next morning, jumped in a taxi or the bus, got back to my mum's, walked through the door, and was probably oblivious to what had gone on hmm. the previous day. And that was when, it was only then, almost 24 hours later, that my mum, it was like, counted her sons out and counted them back in again. And, I, and a lot of families would have been like that. There must have been so many mums and dads, brothers and sisters, wives and husbands, waiting on relatives to come home, not knowing if they were going to be one of the 66 or not. Amazing. Amazing. It's just... Uh. Well, I'm, I'm, it's a small bit that we've done, and, and if it in any way raises... Awareness? No, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you agreed to touch on it and, and mark it because yeah. it, it, is, it is important. You're right. 50 years. It's a long time. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, follow us, please, on Twitter and Instagram at Keys and Grey Pod. Keys and Grey Pod, A-N-D. You've got to spell it out uh, in its entirety. Um, uh, we're available on all the usual sites where you get your pods. Uh, rate us, please. Leave a review. Uh, we'd be very grateful. And on January the 2nd, Maybe just stop if 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 we fail to raise awareness to the point where everybody does. Maybe just stop and have a thought about sixty six football people. I I was I, I said this with the Hillsborough disaster, Andy. They, they 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 were the people that lost their lives. The the victims are the survivors because they've got to live with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 